0: Hey guys, just a quick message before we start the show to remind you that tickets are now on sale for the Junk Time AFL Pod and Two Guys One Cup Grand Final show. It's 4pm at the European Beer Café in Melbourne on Sunday, September 29th, the day after the Grand Final. Um, I won't be making it in person because I'm having a baby, um, but Will will be there, Michael will be there, Adam will be there, and I'm sure some exciting special guests. I might even try and call in at some point or maybe even a certain little Frenchman. But to get your tickets, go to trybooking.com that's the grand final show for junk time and two guys one cup 4pm European Beer Café Sunday September 29
1: Little 40 dickheads Dreaming about a premiership cup We love our clubs But they never Flags
0: in 100 years, that shit house, if you think we'll be insightful, clever or just be well researched, we're here to say that's not the case, we'll just go out and wing it, we are Two Guys, One car.
1: It is a Thursday, the 5th of September, it is September, it is footy finals, welcome to Two Guys, one cuff and cup, one cuff, oh, two guys, oh, one no.
0: cuff, two guys, one oh, cuff. And
1: no. I, well, you know what happened, Charlie? Okay. Two guys, one cup, in an AFL podcast. My name is
0: Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clausen. And uh, I,
1: I didn't realize whether to say, I, whether I was meant to say two guys, one bag or whether I was in the intro, I would say, this is two guys, one cup. And then I would come back to two guys, one bag. And instead I said something that wasn't even a compromise of those two things. I said, two guys, one cuff.
0: Two Guys, One Cuff, which sounds like a bondage film. Yeah.
1: Although well, like Two well, Guys, One two cup guys, isn't one that much better. <laughs> or Two <laughs> Guys, One cup both sound like bondage films too. <laughs> You're right. It doesn't make it any better. In yes, fact, uh, if we're talking about the thing that Two Guys, One cup is actually based on, a bondage film is a welcome step <laughs> down from the original
0: yeah, you're right. We should call. It, we should just name the podcast Two Guys One Cuff. Be less offensive. Uh, no, so this is uh, generally, we try to do this multiple times a year, but we've just, it's has been so much footy action, Will, so much stuff to talk about, so much score review action, so much, ah, Collingwood's backs against the wall. Um, I would have thought that with less Mark LeCroix chat this year, we would have had more time for Two Guys One Bag, but it's taken us a while to get around to it. It really has. I
1: mean, it's been an action-packed season. Everything's still up in the air. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Um, So it's time for us to answer some correspondence from three months ago.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so here's what I've done. Look, thank you to everyone. There was a big uptick of uh, mailbag action in the last week when we put the call out. Um, But I've gone through and I've cherry-picked some that I thought could lead to a good uh, talking point. We've only got a limited amount of time as well. So we'd love to get to every letter, but we can't. But thank you to everyone who uh a lot of let me say well there's a lot of nickname stuff got sent in we'll get to a few of those a lot of stuff about mark because i'm going to go back i'm going to go back to may i mean there's letters going back further than that but i thought let's start at may there's a lot of stuff about mark lacroix saving people from that car accident but as we discussed on the show didn't really feel like that was an appropriate time to bring out a mark lacroix impression considering that someone did die in that accident uh, a lot of photos of paul hazelby's penis um you know centered around jaden stevens talk about whether or not he wears jocks or not so thank you to everyone who sent me that photo from the WA Times Uh, and a lot of a lot of photos of those two players with the peroxide hair being best buddies and being flatmates apparently uh, getting a a club imposed booze ban last year as well
1: yeah so this will be a nice Charlie because it will give us a sense yes sure you could say we could be better at you know corresponding with people and answering our mail but this will be a nice way of us looking back over some of the key two guys one cup issues of the season
0: now (laughs) Our first letter is from someone, and if you listen to our other podcast, Top Up, you know that I am terrible a at reading letters and b pronouncing people's names. But I'm going to ask some help here. Will uh, it's spelled J O R G E, which instinctively I'd say is George, but is it got like a Spanish twist it's like Jorge or Jorge? Well, I would say Jorge would Jorge. be that. Jorge, yeah, or George. Okay. It okay. could be either though. So George- I know,
1: I know somebody who is spells George like that. Okay. And pronounces it George, but okay. it could also be a Jorge. Okay, this is from George or Jorge. Hey, yeah. gents, I thought this I'd is sh- BT would call him George. <laughs> <laughs> the, the official pronunciation might be Jorge, but this is bloody Australia, mate, and it's Fantasia
0: and it's fucking George, mate. We'll get to a letter about that a little bit later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hey, gents. I thought I'd share my two favorite local footy nicknames and a suggestion for a Lions player in honor of his key goal today. This is on May 4th. I've got no idea what he's talking about. Great. Hugh McLuggage's current nickname, Bags, is okay, but I reckon it could go a step further. McLuggage, Carry On, Kaz, Kazbolt, Levi Kazbolt. Levi Kazbolt's nickname is Kazbar. The Clash song... ...rock the Casbah... ...and the most important day of the football calendar is the... ...GF... <laughs> ...therefore humour luggage ...is henceforth be known as the Hugh McClash... ...no sorry, the Hugh Clash... <laughs> ...fuck I <fucked> that up...
1: <laughs> ...oh no... <laughs>
0: ...the Hugh Clash... ...I played footy with a guy whose last name was Nickerson... ...which obviously became Nico... ...which is obviously boring and terrible... Sharpie, on the other hand was brilliant... ...and I'll forever be furious that it didn't really stick... ...beyond that season... In a different team, we had a South African guy called Brad, but it sounds more like bread when he says it. Ever since, he's been known as Toasty.
1: <laughs> Toasty, that's good. Baker's Delight. That's where uh, I would... Know, uh, ah,
0: nice. An extra layer on top. Okay, Luther writes into us. Uh, this is from our discussion around who is your club's coolest player. Mm-hmm. I'd like to throw in a nomination for Dane Rampey as the coolest Swans player. Obviously a difficult mantle to take from Buddy, but I have some evidence to go with this claim. Firstly, he was drafted from U, the University of New South Wales, not even a NEFL club, as a mature age player and has been named All Australian, now co captain of the club. All right. Does that qualify you being cool? Going to the University well, of New South Wales? I mean, the fact
1: that he was picked out of a university football team is probably, you know, there's something to cool about. He was just a uni student. He wasn't a footballer who was also going to university. He was a full-time university student who was also playing a bit of football. It's a classic reversal. So you think
0: it's like Animal House. He was there in his toga, just like doing beer bongs, and the Swans came and said, we want that party animal to play on the halfback flank for us.
1: Yeah, exactly. He was blind drunk. He climbed up some sort of you know uh, light pole around the campus, and they went,
0: I reckon he could do that on the goalpost.
1: (laughs) We've got to get him down to the Swans.
0: They saw him putting a traffic cone on top of a statue, and they're like, look at the way he got up that statue. Surely he could get up the goalpost. You know, it might have been one of those
1: things, too, where I guess it's that um, being a mature age player, like coming in late to the system, yes, it's a bonus to his coolness when it comes Mm. to, yeah this – but of course, in reverse, being a mature age university student makes you the least cool person at university. So it's yeah. cool when you're a mature age AFL buyer, but not cool if you're a mature age university student.
0: It does make you cool. Like if he's buying drinks for all the draftees, like if he's buying beer for like the guys, yeah. you know, the, the, the first round draft picks, that makes him cool. But it's a bit like happy days when after a few years, that older cool guy who you hang out with, eh, yeah. not so cool after a while. It's, like, it's weird that you're still hanging out here, man. You've got a family. <laughs> What are you doing out at this time? All right. Secondly, he has a mustache. Single-handedly yes. brought the after-match robe back into fashion. Oh, has he? That's cool. Oh, it's working. <laughs> 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 and has that suave bed hair look that remains immaculate for an entire game. Finally, just take a look at his Instagram. It's not your usual footy, gram. Most of his off-season shots are taken on film. He's also friends with Ben Stratton, i.e., cool people gravitate to one another. Now, I'm assuming that mm. was sent before Ben Stratton became bloody pinchy pinchy. <laughs> mm. I like and this though. So, Dane Rampey's Instagram, you reckon, is the go. So, well, he's attached a Rampe- couple of photos, and it's uh, Dane Rampey shot on 35mm film in Chiang Mai, Thailand, and another photo of him uh, hiking uh, through Jabal Um Dami in Jordan.
1: Okay, here's what I'm firstly going to say, Dane Rampey. Uh, his description now what would you think his description would be under Dane Rampey yeah this is like you, where I would put maybe comedian what does yeah. Dane Rampy put as his description wanderer athlete oh not footballer no but don't you think that's weird that he's gone with athlete not footballer that's no. like me saying entertainer not comedian <laughs> it's too general You're yeah you yeah. footballer mate
0: specifically <laughs>
1: Uh, all right, I'm gonna have a look at some of his video. Well, that's a footy video there. Oh, hang on, he's, uh, Oh, yep, yeah, this is great. This is. Uh, so the second photo that's there is down at the Clavelli Bowling Club, mm. Charlie, beautiful part of uh, Sydney, uh, down your part of the world, and he's down at the Clavelli Bowling Club, and he's just been surfing. There's some sort of panel van, uh, photo uh, back of the panel van open. He's in a wetsuit, down at Clavelli.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, definitely cool. And that's the second one I went to. Third one I've gone to. What's this? Oh, okay. No, that's not quite as cool. Oh, here we go. Uh, he's, um, oh, Sunrise in Jabal Umad oh, yeah. Dami. That's in the one Jordan. I just, yeah, that's the one I just read out. Right. Oh, that's, that's that one. That's like his fourth photo.
0: Yeah. Hasn't updated at all. This was sent in May, no. on May 17th. So obviously doesn't, well, that's cool. He doesn't always post to to Instagram. He's not like desperate for likes. That's cool. Yeah right. Okay, he's in Chiang Mai. Yeah, he is. Yeah,
1: he's cool cat. I'm I'm right up there. Okay, I'm happy cooler with this. than.
0: But question is cooler than Buddy because we said who is the coolest player. Is that cooler than Buddy? I mean, is there a chance that Buddy has
1: like you know, Buddy's having a kid? He's yeah. kind of settled down. He's moved out of Bondi. He's living in Rose Bay. It's a kind of a more you know family what, but, area. You know what it's like, Charlie. He did what I did, which is like, you know, live in Bondo. And then eventually Bondi
0: gets a bit too cool for you. And you move to one of the quieter suburbs nearby. <laughs> and then every time you go to Bondi, I complain about how many young people are around making loud noises. Oh, can't park anywhere on the weekends, <laughs> says Buddy to D- D- Jacinta. <laughs> Elizabeth writes in, Dear Will and Charlie, Last year, I decided to pick a sport to follow and chose the great Australian pastime. Early on, I realized I needed a team, so I listened to an episode where you described each side's personality. Will said the demons were flaky and emotionally inconsistent. <laughs> I was sold. I may not understand what the fuck is going on a lot of the time, but I can back up emotional turmoil, but I can back emotional turmoil and an unwillingness to show up. I'd like to thank you uh, too, for the added drama. Moreover, being a demon supporter has taught me to manage my expectations and accept loss. <laughs> A few weeks back when the Saints beat us, I didn't even feel distraught. Just happy for your boys and that Matt Stewart fella. Lots of love. Liza from Spokane, Washington. P.S. Selling candy. What is that? Will, would you like to take this? Well,
1: I mean, yeah, okay. So, well, candy, we understand what candy is, uh, even to Americans. Technically in Australia, it should be called selling lollies. Yeah. Or if you came from East Gippsland, selling chonks. But yeah, let's just say uh, selling candy uh, well it's it, well well selling candy is like a, a balk, isn't it? It's a yeah. a what fake you, out of some yeah, kind.
0: F- yeah, what do you call it like basketball parlance or something? Like a feign, you feign, you feign a pass yeah. or something like that. You hold the yeah. ball out and you entice the opposition to go for the ball, and when they go for it, you whip it away like Bugs Bunny in a Looney Tunes cartoon and run the other direction. A crossover. Yeah, it's says Michael. It's not
1: really selling candy, is it? I mean no. it's more telling people that candy is available for sale. For free. And then when they go to get some of this uh, candy, yeah. just ripping the candy away.
0: Yeah. To take that Looney Tunes analogy once a yeah. further, it's free birdseed.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's exactly.
1: That's what it is. It's offering the appearance of free candy and then actually stealing your
0: wallet because there is no candy. I mean, I think it was coined by BT, right? Uh, the commentator BT. He feels like that's, that's one of his tropes. Mm. But I would—I just assumed when he started using it that he stole it from American Sports anyway. Well, because
1: of candy, yeah. sell some candy. You yeah. heard, can- yeah. Unless it's like it, the implication is that you're selling some John Candy DVDs, like <laughs> yes, you know, you've got, you've got a exactly copy of what play, play, playing, planes, inspiring. trains, and automobiles, <laughs> Uncle Buck. <laughs> Could I, just before we complete this play, could I interest you in a VHS copy of Uncle Buck that I stole from a blockbuster once?
0: <laughs> Michael writes in, Hey guys, just wanted to contribute to the Jockgate expanded universe. On the last show, you discussed using tape to keep your things secure. With Will believing you should keep things safe, with a bit of wing play, Charlie would par- would be partial to going up the guts. Mm. Now in the AFL, I've noticed a certain that certain players actively refuse to kick with their non-preferred foot. Even when under pressure or pressed against the boundary, they'll opt for an audacious banana kick rather than go off the left peg or right peg in case of natural lefties. Mm. We've always assumed they do this because they lack confidence in their ability on the non-preferred foot, possibly due to coaching deficiencies in their youth. But what if the actual reason these players refuse to use their non-preferred is because, the leg, because it's the leg their junk is taped to? Are these graduates of the Will Anderson Academy of Alternate Underwear Solutions and suffering from a limited, range as, a limited range of motion as a result? Hashtag jockspiracy. I don't think that we can rule it out. <laughs> I think we can. No, I don't think that we can
1: uh, without a full underwear inspection. You know how uh, at netball they used to have the knickers inspection before the games? No. Uh, how, do you, well, how do you get that job? Well, it was to make sure that they were wearing appropriate underwear. That it, you know, you were meant to wear your sort of sports jocks, not your, your blue light disco on a Friday night jocks. And uh, so you would have the <laughs> underwear
0: disco jocks. I didn't realise there was a specific kind of undies for the blue light disco. No wonder I never scored as a 14-year-old. Yeah, well, exactly. You didn't have your fancy blue light disco
1: jocks on. So <laughs> you've got to wear your sensible ones. Um, so I, yeah, I would like to see that. In fact, I, I reckon that's a Roman roaming Brian. A pre-game roaming Brian. You get Brian Taylor down there with a camera crew doing an underwear inspection. They they line up. Both teams line up like they do for the National Anthem. They line up and and Bristol goes along roaming (laughs) Brian style and just does a little commentary on everybody's underwear before
0: the game. So who's selling candy under there? (laughs) Ashley writes in, I was just listening to your analysis of the Fantasia, Fantasia, Fantasia controversy with BT last week and it reminded me of when I first started playing country footy at my high school in the 90s. For content, for context, my surname is Nasiakos. Uh, it's pronounced how it's spelled, eh, Nasiakos. Living in the country at the time when most people's experience of Greece was the local fish and chip shop, I heard every attempt under the sun, but usually it was close enough that, it didn't, that I didn't really bother correcting anyone. On my first day of footy training, I rocked up, and my coach started reading out the list of everyone's names on the sign-up sheet. As is nearly the rule for all country footy coaches from that era, our coach was a larrikin who had no filter and called everything as he saw it. <laughs> <laughs> After reading out everyone's name in full, he eventually got to mine. He stopped for a moment, looked up, and said, "Mate, I'm not even going to try this one. I'm just going to call you NASA." And he did. It didn't make the local paper, but it did become my nickname from then on.
1: Okay, Nazza, That's all right. And then, uh, if he had a son, under the father's son,
0: NASA Junior. Hayley writes in, As someone still coming to terms with the retirement of the legendary Frenchman, Mark, let me set the scene La Le Dozen Lacroix, having decided on a whim in 2007 that number two for the Eagles would be my favourite player and following his career closely ever since, I would just like to thank you guys for keeping the legend alive in 2019 and continuing to give the great man the recognition he deserves. No other AFL podcast would dare be as irrelevant. <laughs> for that I applaud you. Merci beaucoup. It's a nice letter until the last bit, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Two guys, one cup. We dare to be irrelevant. <laughs> Gregory writes in. Hey, guys. I love the podcast, but just realized that this entire time I've been imagining Charlie as popular underbelly actor Guyton Grantley. Now oh. that I know the truth, I'm wondering if you could do an episode with the actual Guyton to see if it's better. If not, I'll just go on imagining that Guyton is Charlie as it would be inconvenient for me to change my current visualization of the speakers on this podcast, we
1: cannot judge anybody for doing that because essentially that means that you are his Jake Lloyd. Yes, he just exactly. doesn't know who you are. He, he knows that you exist, and, and you, look, Charlie, you've been doing this podcast consistently for hundreds of episodes.
0: However, no one, no one can identify you still. I, f- I feel like Guyton is Dane Rampy to my Jake Lloyd because. Mm. Like I know Guyton, we have a lot of friends in common, and when I meet people who don't know both of us for the first time, the first thing they always say is, "Oh my God, you remind me so much of my friend Guyton Grantly." And we don't actually look similar at all. You know Guyton; you've met, you've had Guyton on your show, right? I but have. Indeed. I think we must present a similar kind of energy. There must be like a similar. You know, some people don't remind you of someone because of their facial features, but this is a similar kind of vibe to them. That is Guyton for me, or I am that for Guyton.
1: Uh, That is absolutely right. If if there was going to have to be a draft, um, I don't know who'd do better. Would you be better playing Ron Weasley in the Harry Potter play, or would he be better coming on this podcast and talking about AFL football?
0: Uh, well, he's a Queenslander, so I think that I would probably be better at playing Ron Weasley. Although, having said that, <laughs> I mean, if you got him to come in and talk about the Gold Coast, he would know about as much of them as most of AFL supporters. So <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, I'm their number one ticket holder. I've never been to a game. Yeah. Jack writes in, hey Will and Charlie, I'm an umpire in Adelaide who also coaches kids who are also junior umpires. All the banter around at the moment is just consistent bashing of umpires. It got me thinking, I wonder how many missed targets and mistakes players make in the game compared to the umpires. Surely it's way more. Anyway, have you ever had any umpiring experience yourselves? I did like boundary umpiring at junior footy, because I think it was a requirement before the under sixteens or something that they grabbed one of the under fourteens and you to boundary umpire.
1: Um, so I think that I definitely did I definitely did um Boundary Umpiring. Absolutely, mm. definitely did boundary umpiring. Did I ever do any central field umpiring as a. I feel like when I was like, you know, an older junior, I might have actually umpired a couple of junior games. I can't, I literally can't remember, but it wouldn't surprise me to find out that I did. Definitely did a lot of boundary umpiring. Definitely did a lot of cricket umpiring when I was uh, playing cricket because I was not very good at playing cricket, <laughs> but I was happy to stand out there and do something with them a day. Um, <laughs> what you find is if you're a... I didn't have any bad experiences as a football umpire, but if you're a cricket umpire and you make a decision that the opposition does not... Like I was playing like, you know, say seconds at Hayfield or whatever. So you're playing with men and I would yeah. have been like 15 or something. And I remember there was one run out that I called not out that the opposition thought thought was out. And turns out, Like ten grown men will yell at a teenage boy. Like they will just yell and scream at you and call you horrible things and make aspersions about your family and your competency as an adult
0: and a human being. They don't give a shit that you're 15 years old. Imagine if you'd been some kind of climate activist as well. They would have really fucking (laughs) Andrew Bolt would have gone fucking bananas. Uh, I, uh, I had a similar experience where uh, I don't know if you ever had this happen in junior cricket where if you were the next batsman up, they would put you out to square leg and you had to be square leg umpire before you yes. went into bat. And I didn't know this because it was the first time I'd ever heard about it. And I was put at square leg. I didn't really know what the fuck I was doing. And a run out occurred and I hadn't been paying attention because I was still trying to work out what the fuck I was doing there. And so I just called it out for my own team. <laughs> and so I not only... Like pissed everyone on the ground off. I pissed off my own team because I dismissed one, like, our second order, like our second or third batsman without even knowing if he was even in or not. <laughs> they, were, they were right to be angry at me. Uh, Jack hmm. continues. Main conversation topic. What do you wish could be written into or out of the rules or added as a new free kick? I'd love it if there could be a five-minute period in a game where there could be two balls in play, like a power play or a five-minute block where scores are worth double. And I also think if the ball hits any post and bounces back into play, it should be play on. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts, hopefully on the 100th show. Cheers, boys. You get me through the weekend drive to various grounds. Jack. Well, Limo and I had a big conversation about uh, the second ball uh, in one of the weeks where you were
1: off. Um, In fact, I think we landed on the idea that we would train the West Coast Eagles' eagle, to um fly above the <laughs> b- above the ground for the entire game, holding the ball, and then just randomly, uh, the glue would wear off and, and drop the ball down onto the field, and at that stage, you would b- begin your double ball. Um, what
0: what what rules would you like to bring in, Charlie? Oh, we talk a lot about what we'd change here. I like the. I mean, I've always been a big fan of if it hits the post and comes back into play, it's play on. I just I love that idea of that kind of like soccer. Rule because I just think it makes it more exciting. Because at the moment, when a ball hits the post, the groan from the crowd like there is a general letdown. But the I think if you flip it the other direction, it just becomes so much more exciting. And I think too that maybe, uh, maybe that'll that that will bring out some more kind of spectacular goals of the year kind of things. You might get dudes doing more like bicycle kicks and shit like that, right? Don't you reckon? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely into that. In fact,
1: I'd almost be into the idea of like, you yeah, uh, know, ice hockey, uh, roller derby style, <laughs> that we just put up some padded boundary lines and the ball's constantly, it can never go out. Like it just <laughs> bounces. <go> <laughs> it just, the ball can never go out. So it's constantly in play and it just bounces off the boundary line and just
0: immediately play on. Okay, next letter is from Alistair Templeton, who says, Hey guys, Is it just me or does Reese Shaw look like Megamind? And I'm just going to drop this photo so you can see who Megamind is. That's an animated character, kids' film, starring Will Ferrell as Megamind. Hang on, this is going to take me a sec. Okay. To just do it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just... (laughs) Just... uh, Don't mind me. Just... (laughs) This is taking a lot longer. Here we go. Here we go. What do you reckon, Will? Does Reshaw okay. look like Mega Mind? Uh, I'm gonna say that it has not come up, come up on my thing yet. <laughs> Are you really? Oh, because I haven't hit send. There you go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God! Yes, absolutely, they do. if reese shaw reese shaw could definitely lean into that look too because megamind's got kind of a more so what reese would have to do is get rid of sort of yeah most of his upper lip mustache style of his goatee and then just kind of thin it out
0: a little bit into a more manicured sort of look but otherwise definitely megamind Kieran writes in and says, Hey guys, as a loyal Lions fan and listener to the podcast, I couldn't help laughing at this. And he's attached an interview with Marcus Adams from the Lions website. Well, at 1 yeah. minute 30, he says, I've been happier over the past six months than I have at any stage of the past few years. Oh, fuck you, Marcus. <laughs> Clearly Adams. The idea- Who hurt you? Who hurt you so badly at the Bulldogs? Why are
1: you in so much pain? And why do you have to keep bringing it up over and over again oh poor me I had the worst time went to a club that won a premiership with the best coach in the fucking league boo fucking who I want to be anywhere but where I was
0: (laughs) no he's really really got it in for you guys Uh, Jono writes in hey fellas I heard a nickname lineage uh, that although only a VFL player I think is right up your alley Box Hill Hawks player Braden Kilpatrick's nickname is Farlap get this Kilpatrick. Mm. Oysters. Oysters. Sauce. Sauce. Dead horse. Fire lap. Oh. That's a oh. goodie. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna slow clap from Will. I like that a lot. That, that was a good journey. <laughs> James writes in. Uh, oh, well, maybe not. It's a, well, okay, here we go. He said this isn't a threat No, oh, no, it's all right. We've actually talked about this before. It's an amazing threat on socks. It's that that whole okay. story about, you know, that game in South Australia, Bulldogs Crows game and the guard to go get socks. Anyway. Thanks for that, Dan. I mean, James.
1: <laughs>
0: James to that went well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> James linked to a tweet from Dan. That's why I got confused. Okay, here we go. Okay um this is from well i'm going to read two because you sent two messages sort of close together hey guys love the pod um thinking of a nickname for two guys not one cup listeners two guys one cup cup and saucer Saucers. oh yeah not bad or that should that be dead horses far laps. <laughs> yeah far <laps>. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas uh, (laughs) sent in a second message saying, Hey guys, I was wondering if you could do me a favor. Well, okay, this is on August 3rd, so we may have missed the boat on this. I'm currently living in Munich and playing in the AFLG for the Munich Kangaroos. Do you think the Munich Kangaroos have a bit of like, Scheinbohner (laughs) spirit? Ich bin ein (laughs) Scheinbohner. Uh, I've since converted a few of the Germans to listen to your pod. We have made the finals this year, and I was wondering if you could be able to give them a little pregame speech to get them pumped up before their big game to get the shin bonus spirit flowing. Many thanks, Tom. P.S. We are playing the Berlin Crocodiles. (laughs) All right, I'll take this one. Okay. Yeah. Okay, fellas. Fellas, the, the, the Munich kangaroos. You've worked hard all year. All, all year to get to this point. And I know you think you don't have much left in the tank. But i got a little secret for you. A little secret. I'll keep in my bloody sock down here. It's a little flask. I'm going to unscrew the flask. I'm going to tip a little bit out of my hands. I'm going to pour it into this rag. And I'm going to pass this rag around. I want you to all take a big whiff. Because inside that rag, you're going to inhale some Shane Spirit. <laughs> the Shane Spirit. Well, make sure you
1: kill the Berlin crocodiles. You defeat them.
0: All right. Good luck, fellas. Play well. Right. Good. <laughs> uh, JD writes in. Uh, no, we've read that before. JD, sorry. <laughs> See, I, I star my favorite things that I want to read, but obviously I've gone and starred some stuff earlier in the year and we just never got around to it. Okay. Here we go. Hi, chaps. Your old pal Needles, host of Two Guys, One Cup's fourth cousin, seven and a half times removed AFL podcast, Never Surrender, by the Squinters. Shout out to the Squinters. Wanted to raise a quick frightened flag after your chat about Jake Lloyd in the Round 21 episode. Is he a serial killer? Is he serial killer Ted Bundy's son? Here's a few quotes in the ep. Charlie, you said, he could be sitting right in front of me and I wouldn't know who he was. Will, you said, People don't recognize him out there on the field. He just sneaks by them. They're concentrating on players they recognize. Probably doesn't even have a mustache. He just puts one on and roams around. Charlie, then you said, if Jake Lloyd had assaulted me and I was in the police station, I'd to give them a description. I'd be like white, Caucasian, sandy brown hair, short on the sides, long on top. He's completely generic features. There's nothing unique about Jake Lloyd. Will, then you said, maybe that's what makes him unique. That he's the ultimate chameleon. That he has a capacity to fit in and blend in in every situation. And then you followed up with, I reckon he's got a mustache in that photo. And then Charlie said, no, he doesn't enlarge it. Your discussion about Lloyd's remarkable and remarkableness is worrying because this is an extract from prolific prolific and successful and handsome serial killer Ted Bundy's Wikipedia page. A significant obstacle for law enforcement were Bundy's generic, essentially anonymous physical (laughs) features and a curious chameleon-like ability to change his appearance almost at will. Early on, police complained of the futility of showing his photograph to witnesses as he looked different in virtually every photo ever taken of him. In person, his expression would change, so his whole appearance that were there moments ago, you wouldn't even show you are looking at the same person. He was really a changeling. He was well aware of this unusual quality, and he exploited it. So I'm just going to leave that there for you guys. What do you reckon, Will? So is his suggestion that Jake Lloyd is a potential serial killer? Well, I think so. I mean, he's saying he could be his son, but I think we don't want to be alarmist. But we're saying that he has the potential. If he wanted to be a serial killer, he could be as successful as Ted Bundy. Okay, so he's actually he's 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 not suggesting that
1: Sydney have like drafted him as <laughs> under some sort of Ted Bundy father son no. arrangement, though he wasn't he wasn't the member of no. the like. <laughs> The Sydney Swans don't have, like, a murder academy or something like that, do they, where they're getting potential serial killers through the system. But, yes, he has that... I think that, that much like Bundy, he's he's handsome enough, but he's not so handsome. You'd imagine that he probably can blend easily into any situation. Um yeah, the way that he plays football is a bit like the way that Ted Bundy arranged his life where he had a lot going on. He could handle a lot of different situations going down. Um, Bundy, yeah, absolutely could escape from any situation and Lloyd has a bit of, it doesn't matter. You, you, you think you feel like you've got him locked up and then suddenly there's a window open and Jake Lloyd's disappeared again and you don't know where he is or who he is. I mean, the evidence is pr- pretty irrefutable as far as I can see, Charlie. <laughs>
0: All right, our last letter because you've got to go in a couple of minutes, don't you? Yes. uh, This is from Mia, who sent us a link uh, to an article uh, where Nick Revolt is talking about Reese Stanley. Mia says Nick Revolt is saying complimentary things about Reese Stanley, and I don't know how to feel about this. In the article, Revolt says, and I guess it's talking about the matchup with Brody Grundy in this uh, final. So that's their trump card, and if he can monster the opposition, which he's really capable of doing, then it gives him a huge edge and they walk a little bit taller on the back of Brody Grundy. Uh, This is the Cats' biggest question mark, but he, Stanley, can athletically go with Grundy. He's one of the best athletes I've ever seen in footy. She continues, As a proud Cats fan, even I can admit that Rhys Stanley isn't all that, and I have enjoyed the Stanley Revolt one-sided rivalry. Charlie is a St. Kilda ambassador. Please talk to your boy and make sure he rectifies this. I enjoy the meme, and I don't want to be seeing amicable headlines like this. It does feel like there has been a bit of a turnaround come finals time with Rui's attitude towards Reece Stanley, doesn't it? I mean, is it too much to suggest? Yes. Before you even finish the <laughs> sentence, yes. Whatever
1: you are going to have to say is too much. Is it too much to suggest that this is the first victory the
0: two guys one cup has had in the AFL community? That w- I mean, we've, that we've bridged the gra- the gap between Nick Revolt and Reece Stanley. You mean? Well, I mean, here is the thing.
1: Do you remember it was the It was the Outer Sanctum podcast, I think, who put the heat on some terrible comments that have been made by radio commentators around uh, Caroline Wilson, right? Mm -hmm. So is there a chance that much like that, this podcast has got Nick Rewalt to... Like we we've put the heat Walk on him. Back. No one else, no one else realized that he had a one man vendetta against <laughs> Reece Stanley, and it is only our attention on the fact that Nick Rewalt hates Reece Stanley more than anybody else on the planet that is. Uh, do, do you think it's got back to Rui that we're on to him? That yeah, he thought he was so. getting away with potting Reece Stanley every now and again, but he's just. He's gone too hard once too often and we've noticed and now he has to dial it back. Now he's all like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm cool with Reece Stanley. Reece Stanley's cool. Well, read your own fucking book, Rui.
0: You hate him <laughs> and you've always hated him and you think he's a joke. I love it. We're going to be the guys keeping this unnecessary, irrelevant beef alive. In fact, we right. should, it would be like high school. We should just let Reece Stanley know what Rui's been saying about him? Or not even saying. Like, we'd be nice and ambiguous about it. You know what uh, Rui said? Well, no, what'd he say? Oof. Oof. Or is there a
1: chance that it's the other way around? Because let's be honest, yeah, Nick Rewalt probably isn't listening to this podcast. But is there a chance that Rui Stanley listens? Is there a chance that Rui Stanley was not aware how much, yeah, you know, Rui hated him until he started hearing about it on this podcast and then he's kind of sent him a text message or something going, Hey man, are we cool? Are we cool? <laughs> I what heard I, you wrote a chat, you know, because I don't know. Did, did Reece Stanley know that he got potted in
0: Rui's book before this podcast? Oh, he would have to. He would have to. Oh, what I do love is the idea of Reece Stanley listening to this podcast and hearing a cat supporter say, even I know Reece Stanley isn't all that. I mean, it's a bit like the Ralph Wiggum thing. This is the moment where you can see his heart actually breaking. <laughs> when your own supporters are like, Yeah. all right let's wrap it up that was a very quick two guys one bag thank you to everyone who wrote in like Will said we may delve further deeper into the bag if we have more time this weekend Um, we are going to catch up and go see the doggies this weekend we gave our tips last week can I say can I ask Will are you feeling any different about the game on the weekend it feels like Giants are getting a bit of the press is starting to turn towards the Giants a little bit
1: yeah, well they're going to be uh, almost at full strength. They're missing a couple of key players still, but uh, they're going to be almost at, at full strength. The hardest thing that we have to do is defend against tall forwards and suddenly they've got a heap of them that mm-hmm. they didn't have last time we played them. And you know, they're due they play well in the finals, the Giants. So now I'm pretty nervous about it. Well, not nervous because I think it's a bonus that we're there. Um but yeah, I I certainly don't there's been a lot of yeah, love for the Bulldogs particularly early on in this
0: game and I think Um, You know, who knows? Who knows? I'm hopeful but not confident. Well, I can think of one guy who definitely will be going for the Giants and that's Marcus Adams. (laughs) Play on, not 15. Ball. We are Two Guys, One